0: What's up people? Welcome to the Syracuse Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. If you want to have a little discussion with me, give me some feedback on the podcast, uh, maybe a suggestion of guests as well, you can get a hold of me via Twitter and Instagram at QS1987. It's just uh, the first episode of Hopefully Many, so we're just going to do a little intro today, talk about a couple headlines. Throughout the season, I'll give you my feedback on each game and discuss, going up into the season, discuss who left, who's still here, who needs to step up, uh, and who showed out. So once again, two headlines to discuss today. Uh, Kevin Donahue. Let's get to him first. And then Chase Scanlon. We'll finish with Chase Scanlon today. Kevin Donahue served on the SU staff for over two decades. For those who don't know, Kevin Donahue stepped down and is now in a volunteer role. Um, Coach transition game, offense, also face-off, which I didn't actually know, uh, which he helped guys develop. He helped um, Ben Williams develop, actually, into one of the best face-off guys in the country. And has also worked with Jacob Fopp and Nate Garlow, among others, and Danny Varillo, so the question becomes why did he step down? Who replaces him? What's next for the program because I think he's I think he stepped down because the game has changed from where he started coaching obviously 2 decades ago recruits don't really i i want the right word is the recruits don't really um, see themselves in older people i guess in a way it's not a bad thing but they see themselves in somebody now somebody who plays in the PLL somebody who played somebody who played pro recently they're going to relate to them better that's the word i wanted to use they're going to relate to them better so, I think that's part of it um, with with the staff being so old at Syracuse, that's not a bad thing, obviously, but with them put, with their history and everything, I think uh, recruits want to go where a younger staff, somebody they can relate to. You know, you look at guys out in in Utah like Will Manny and Marcus Holman. they're guys that play pro now. But still, are coaching so they can they can recruit guys and they can recruit guys and say, "Look, I played in the I play in the PLL every weekend. That's what you can do if you develop under me if you come to my school." So, I think that's part of it for Kevin Donahue. I also think his daughter Riley is a senior, I believe, at SU this year. So, wanted to spend time with her, watching her senior season while also spending time with his grandkids and his sons, and his two other sons, Colin and Dylan. Uh, All the Donahues have gone through the SU program, Colin in 2011, I believe, and Dylan was in 2016, if I'm not wrong. Um, So I think that's part of it as well. The big question on SU fans' minds, though, is who's the replacement? Who steps in to be the offensive coordinator per se? Um, I think the answer a couple answers. A couple couple possible couple possible answers actually. Uh, I've got a couple names that I think would be perfect. Two of them I've already mentioned. Will Manny, who is a pro right now. He also obviously played in college, so he like he, he knows the college game, and now he's he plays pro, so now he can relate to these kids. As he's going into somebody's house, he can say, like I said earlier, he can say, look, I've been where you're sitting. I got recruited. I can get you to this spot. I can get you to PLL. I can get you to the MLL. I can get you to the NLL. I can get you to pro lacrosse in general. Um, so he, and he has also got experience in the game, in the coaching game. So you almost need somebody right now, I would say, who has a little bit of experience in the coaching game, but there's devil's advocate of, if you want a young coach, you're not going to really find somebody, I don't think that has enough experience that people want. And generally Syracuse chooses people that have gone to the university, obviously played for the program, been associated with the university at somehow. So I think that's that's the question, Marcus. Who do they go? Will they finally go outside the the program outside the program? Another name to mention besides Will Manny is Marcus Holman, also on the youth staff, Utah Youth Staff. Also plays in the PLL. Interesting name to throw in here, who I think has to be considered, is Matt Brown. Matt Brown is the current assistant lacrosse coach at Denver. Not saying he would come to Syracuse, but maybe Syracuse makes a phone call and at least offers him an interview or offers him a job. couple names that might be dark horses but may get chosen. Uh, Dylan Donahue, actually. Which is Coach Donahue's son, who played at SU. Uh, younger mind, you know, like I said earlier, somebody that can relate to recruits. Played pro for a little bit. He plays in the played in the MLL, so he can relate to guys. He can say, once again, like Will Manny and Marcus Holman, he can go into a house and say, "Look, I played at this program. I know what they can do. I know how I developed." I can, see, I can see your son in the same sense as I can see myself. He's somebody that I can develop. He's somebody that I can send to the pros. So I think that would be a huge get to get somebody like Will Manning or Marcus Holman. I would say Matt Brown and Dylan Donahue are two names that, probably, that are going to get brought up, but I just don't see them going that way. I almost see them, like I talked about before, them staying in the program, I see them going outside of the program to get this because they really need somebody who can bring in recruits. So I think I think it was a good move by Kevin Donahue. Maybe he's realizing the game has caught up to him. Uh, a lot of coaches don't realize that, so a lot of coaches will stay too long. But maybe he realized that it caught up to him and maybe he finally said, I need to step down. Or like I said, maybe it's a might be a combination of I want to spend time with my grandkids, I want to spend time with my son and my two sons and a daughter, and I want to watch my daughter's senior year at SU. So can't fault the coach either way. I just uh, as a season ticket holder for SU lacrosse, I hope they bring in somebody, bring some excitement to the program, gets us back on gets us back on the road to the Final Four. I'll say it that way. Which brings me to my next point. Chase Scanlon. Huge name in lacrosse world. Anybody that follows lacrosse knows where he played. He played at Loyola. A couple things about Scanlon though. He actually was an S- originally an SU commit. And then decommitted. Don't really know the reason why. Um, couldn't really pull that up. Find that in my research. But. While he was at Loyola, he put up forty three goals as a freshman. It's a good amount for a freshman. The better part of that is he was tied for the most goals by a midfielder in D one. That's huge. Uh the freshman contributing right away. He then at the end of the year ended up leaving Loyola. Um Citing chemistry issues is one of the reasons why he's gone back and forth with a couple of Loyola guys on Instagram that I've seen, the ones that have criticized him for leaving. I respect Chase for coming back at him. Um, you know, if you aren't feeling the chemistry in the locker room and you aren't feeling welcome, I'd go somewhere else too. Luckily for for me as an SU fan, Chase Scanlon chose Syracuse, gave him a second chance. And joined an already loaded orange offense. Which is going to feature Tucker Dordovich, uh, Brendan Curry, and Peter Durth, among others. Biggest part about Scanlon coming is Desco offered him the 22. There's one other person that I know of in recent in this year that Desco offered it to. And that was Chris Gray, who ended up choosing the North Carolina Tar Heels. That's besides the point. We're a little mad about the Chris Gray thing, but we got over it with Chase Scanlon coming. The last person to wear 22 is Jordan Evans. Uh, Jordan Evans was a local kid from Jamesville DeWitt, who committed to Syracuse, I believe, was the number one recruit. And uh, he had a pretty good career at Syracuse. Unfortunately, he was always overshadowed by 22. Everybody would look at him and say, well, he's wearing twenty-two. He should put up six goals a game and seven assists and stuff like that. So that brings me to another point today. I just want to get into the twenty-two debate a little bit. Number twenty-two debate a little bit. Um, I want to spit my side or say my side, and then, like I said, if you want to get a hold of me on Twitter and Instagram at qs nine eight seven, we can have a little discussion about this. Give me your thoughts. You know, just sports in general. Also, like, mainly focusing on lacrosse. But like, give me your thoughts on how you feel about the 22 and how it should be handled from here on out. Um, my thoughts on it, I think it should personally be retired. I've watched guys through my seasons of watching SU lacrosse, like the Charlie Lockwoods, the Powell Brothers, obviously, and many others. I just don't, I don't... Don't see, they put too much, they put so much, the 22 puts so much pressure on somebody to produce. There have been guys that have lived up to it. There have also been guys that underwhelmed it a little bit, I would say. I don't know if that's the right word, but that's personally how I feel about it. But I think it just puts so much pressure And I think if you're going to have the 22, there has to be guidelines to give it away. I think you can't give it to a freshman walking in because now you're looking at that freshman and saying, look, you've got to take over every game or you're going to get criticized every game by every SU fan, which, trust me, it happens every game. I just think that there should be a guideline where the team chooses a senior, a junior, Somebody that has proved their worth to the program, somebody that's put in their work in the program for three years or four years, depending on how you want to give it out. And then they can choose, the team can choose who they want it. Essentially, same thing as a captain. So I would say that I would say retire it. Let it let it be one of the heroin numbers at Syracuse. You know, like the forty four football. Don't let anybody else wear it because I think at this point, let's say Chase Scanlon doesn't have a great great season. Now everybody's going to look at the 22 and say, why'd you offer it to him? Why is he wearing 22 if he doesn't put up a bunch of points? So, I, I just feel like the 22 just needs to be hung up in the rafters and admired for the people that, people that have come through it and worn it. Maybe have a little ceremony at halftime one of the games and just say, look, we understand there's great players that have worn it. We understand there's probably going to be some great players that would wear it. But we feel as if it's better to retire this number and let the people enjoy it for what it's worth. So, that's just a little intro into what I'm going to talk about. Um... Like I said, gonna have I'm gonna have game by game reaction. Hopefully get a couple fans reaction. Hopefully talk to a couple of my season ticket holder friends, maybe get them on the show. Kind of get their thoughts going into the season while also discussing Discussing we'll we'll talk about a little bit when the schedule comes out, we'll talk when the When we see the official roster in the spring, we'll talk about a little bit of that. One more thing I want to get to today is the schedule is going to look a little different, and we'll touch on this when the schedule episode comes out. But the schedule is going to look a little different because the games aren't going to be playing the Carrier Dome. I believe it's after March that the Carrier Dome will be closed for renovation, so... Syracuse lacrosse games will be held outside for the first time since I can remember. Uh, We had the Duke game last year at CNS, which was a big success. I think it gives the people, gives the fans a more, a better experience in a way because you're not as spread out. Got a tight knit group, and uh, you know you play the elements. So that's my two cents on that. But uh, let everybody go on that and. Hopefully everybody has a good day and hit that subscribe button because I really appreciate it and uh want you to keep listening, like I said before, if you want to get a hold of me, have a little discussion about this. give me some feedback. apologize if my voice sounds horrible, but you can get a hold of me via Twitter and or Instagram at qs one nine eight seven Thank you. Have a good day. Welcome the SU Lacrosse Podcast. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, and any other platform you get your podcast from. If it isn't available, please reach out to me and uh, I will make sure that it goes on that platform. I'm your host, Dan, uh, season ticket holder for SU. As long as I can remember, been going to SU games since I was a baby. Um. If you enjoy this podcast, feel free to hit the subscribe and or follow button wherever it is possible. Um, a couple things to get to today. As the title says, Pat March! Exclamation points, with all kinds of exclamation points. Uh, we're going to get to that in a minute. We're also going to talk about some dates and uh, just some upcoming things for the for the podcast. Let's touch on Pat March first. Um, before we get into that last episode, we discussed the possible replacements for Kevin Donahue, who stepped down from the offense coordinator and recruiting coordinator role. Uh, that I mean, he he was a huge part of the offense. I'm not going to lie. Even as a fan, you could see what he was running. You could see the type of plays he was running. Um, he stepped down to site, spend time with his family He's got a couple of grandkids now, so we want to spend time with them. He's got a couple of kids. His daughter, I believe, is a senior at SU, so he wants to be able to spend more time with her. Uh, Understandable. I think there's other reasons as well, but that's a couple of the main reasons. So, like I said, last episode we talked about replacements. I listed Will Manny. I listed... Uh, A couple other names that I can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, Matt Abbott, who's playing professionally for the Chesapeake Bayhawks, I believe. Uh, One of the names I didn't mention that they ended up hiring was Pat March. Uh, To be honest, this was kind of a shocker, but after reading... This was a shocker to me at first, but after reading... A little bit more about March. I uh, I think I was happy with the hire, to be honest. He has eight years coaching. Uh, he's coached at Vermont. He's also coached at Dickinson, Dickinson College. His alma mater, Roanoke, where he was a 200-point scorer notching 243 points total on 152 goals and 91 assists. So he was a talented offensive player throughout college. And uh it looks like it's translated to the it looks like it's translated to his coaching game. He also coached at Princeton, which was his most recent stop. In his first season, he ran the offense and also was a recruiting coordinator. In his first season at Princeton, The Tigers made a 50% jump in scoring offense, scoring nearly 15 goals per game. That was in 2017. That that squad ranked second nationally in that category. And they also posted the top shooting percentage in the nation. And in the last two years, they haven't fallen out of the top 10 offensive-wise. They ranked third, and they also ranked 10th last year. On that offense, though, he had major league draft picks, in Zach Carrier and Austin Sims both were selected in the first round of the MLL draft in 2017. He also he also was mentored Michael Sowers, who is one of the best, arguably arguably one of the best. I want to say uh, Princeton attackman ever to play. Sowers set a pro, set a program record with points in 2019 for a single season. He had 90 points total, 37 goals, and 53 assists. Um, So he, he brings the offensive side. On the recruiting side, however, there's a lot more upside, I would say, that I see that just from the things that I've read that I'm very excited about that I want to see translated in Syracuse. He's brought in top-level talent to Princeton or he had brought in top-level talent to Princeton after being unranked by inside lacrosse, which is which we'll get to in a minute about inside lacrosse, just a general background. And they're being recro- ranked, not ranked. They they haven't been in the top 15 in recruiting since 2014. March brought Princeton back-to-back top 12 classes in the last two re- recruiting cycles. So that's huge. Like, and to go back to inside lacrosse for a second, they're the ones that come out with their rankings. I believe it's a top 100 player. Top 100 for each position that they run. Um... They host like an All-American game. They 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 go, they cover everything lacrosse. They cover pro lacrosse, they cover everything. So, they have their own podcast, I would say Feel Free to Cross. I would cross-promote with them. Feel free to go listen to that. It's very informative. They have a couple of guys that they rotate, but it's very good. They talk about the pro game. They talk lacrosse during they talk lacrosse all year, which is what I love. So, that's huge. I mean, that's, I I love, after, like I said, after reading what I wrote, what I read about Marsh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I want to see what he does. I mean, now, he went from Princeton, who was very good in the late 90s and early 2000s, and kind of has come back on, shown back up on the map. More recently, uh, he comes to a university in Syracuse that has one of the best alumni backing in the country in lacrosse, in my opinion. And he, I mean, he comes to one of the best programs in history in lacrosse. Plus, he's got a fan base that, that is loyal, that is rabid. I'm not saying that any other fan base is a rabid, but I'm just saying Syracuse lacrosse fans are different we live and breathe lacrosse um we live and be, breathe the program we follow it everywhere we go we follow it on the road we do it every we do it every time um so i can say as somebody who's watched the games i'm very excited to watch march and very excited to welcome him into him into the Estu lacrosse family um one of the other things i wanted to get to today there's a couple important dates, but first, unleashing a new segment today that was suggested by one of my friends. It's called the twenty-two cents segment. Uh he said, Dan, you Dan, you say twenty two you say two cents. Why not say twenty two cents to honor the twenty two at Syracuse? Tie it into it a little bit. So my twenty two cents for today is about Pat March. And I think, given, given the things that I read and given numbers that I've seen, I say March will turn this team into an offensive juggernaut because if he can do that at Princeton, imagine what he can do with the backing of the alumni, the community, everything at Syracuse. So that's just that's how I feel. That's my 22 cents. Let's get to some dates though coming up for the fans and the program, but I say more so the fans because I think as a fan, I want to see how my team looks going into in fall camp. Just like a just like a spring scrimmage in football, I see my fall I see fall camp as a fall ball scrimmage for lacrosse fans. They can go watch their team. They can see guys who. May not contribute right away, but at some point in the year, may contribute. So, And they also can watch some scrimmages with other teams. They can see how other teams look. They can do some analysis of that. Uh, the first date that we're going to get to, though, is October 5th. And there's a game that will be played at SUNY Cortland between Syracuse and Denver. For those who don't know, Cortland is about forty-five minutes outside of Syracuse. Um, it's also, and I just found this out earlier today, it's also the, it also has a very famous alumni that coaches at Denver and Bill Tierney. Um, I think that's part of the reason why Syracuse and Denver will be playing at Cortland. I think that's. I want, that's huge for the university because they can they can promote it. Look, our alumni is coming back. They've also got a couple other alumni that are coming back. What they Tierney is the name that people people know, so they can say, look, Tierney's coming back to coach. Come out and watch, support the university. Whatever, that game is at seven p.m. on October fifth. Uh, I would urge every lacrosse fan in the area to go to it. As Cortland has a very good, very nice stadium field there. I've been multiple times. I can honestly say it is one of my favorite outdoor venues for a D3 school. Um, Back to Tierney, though. He's also going to be honored during the weekend. Don't really know what they're going to do for him. I've just been told that he's going to be honored. Or have heard that he's going to be honored, I should say. And we're also, he's also ho- co-hosting a camp with Desco. John Desco, for those who don't know, is a head coach lacrosse at Syracuse University. Uh, I think it's great for the game, having two coaches that I would consider in my top 10 all time. Both. Um, I would say they were in my top 10. Desco obviously one of my favorites as an SU fan, but... Tierney is one of the absolute best to call the game and coach the game. Um, They're co-hosting a camp in Cortland, and I think that's huge for the game. Like I said, you get two coaches that everybody knows. Everybody in the area is going to know John Desco. Everybody out west is going to know Bill Tierney. So that's going to attract some kids that probably wouldn't go, per se because you're also going to have the Denver players there so that's going to help uh kids that can go to the kids that go to the camp can talk to these players you know kind of get their feeling kind of get their feeling talk to these coaches get some advice on how to improve their game watch these guys play i mean it's it's an all out win it's a very very all i mean it's a win win for the university because Cortland gets free promotion out of it, but it's also a win. It's also a win for Syracuse and Denver. Who, so if you look at their alumni, you've got their alumni all spread out. You've got alumni in Atlanta for Syracuse, and and Liam Banks, who is the head coach in the Atlanta Blaze, um, who actually was Pat Marsh's head coach last year when March coached for the Blaze, and they led the MLL in the offensive categories. But that's the one name that I think of. Um, There's other names, obviously, but that's the name that I think of. So that's, I mean, that's a very good, very good event. I'd say go, I'd say attend. I definitely will be in attendance. I can say that. I definitely will be there. Wouldn't miss it. Especially being that my parents both attended Cortland. So, just a little added added thing to that. So, a couple other dates to get to. Uh, October 19th, 19th is probably one of my favorite dates of all time. No, it's not my birthday. No, it's not anybody else's birthday. It is the annual... Syracuse lacrosse alumni alumni game. In the years past, they've done the, the orange and white squad. I don't really know what the names of the teams are doing, what the names of the teams are going to be or anything like that. But I can tell you, as a fan of the game, I love seeing guys from 2000s, from the early 2000s, from the 1987s, I believe we saw a guy, there was a guy listed in the program last year from 1960, I want to say, or some insane number that he was playing in, but he played in the game. So that's, that's part of the reason for me as a fan. I like seeing all those guys reliving all the history, seeing the guys that, watching guys that play pro now play on the go on the field, play play on the field, you know. Guys that have gone on who don't play the game anymore but are still that good where they can run out and score 10 goals or something. So I'm very excited, excited to see some players that I know or that I remember and also to see some names that I don't really remember And from years past playing. Uh, that game is actually starting at noon Eastern, and following that is another is another favorite of mine the inner squad scrimmage besides the game at denver on october 5th this is going to be the first time to see the team you're going to see some names that you don't remember guys that red-shirted last year guys that were third strings You're going to see some of those guys playing a lot because this is going to be a full field inner squad scrimmage. They're going to stop the game. They're going to work on some things. They're going to go over some things. But in general, it's just a great experience for the fans. Uh, Tickets to this and the alumni game. So you get both. You get $10. It's $10. And you don't have to pay for parking. Win-win. $10 gets you in for both games. So I would highly recommend anybody in the Syracuse area who hasn't gone or has gone in years past, go this year. You're going to really enjoy it. Um, We're going to have a couple podcasts on after that where we discuss thoughts from the alumni game, thoughts from the inter-squad scrimmage, thoughts from the Cortland scrimmage, just thoughts from fall ball camp in general. As fall ball comes to an end and we start to get ready for the spring. One of the other dates that I want to point out is I kind of got it circled on my calendar. It is December 18th. Right around there, the schedule will get released. We're going to have a schedule episode where we talk about some teams that Syracuse travels to that we've never seen them travel to. One name is Albany syracuse has always hosted albany in the past this year they're going to travel to albany part of that is because of the dome construction Uh, i think a big part of that actually is the dome construction and the fact that albany wants syracuse to go there so that's huge one thing i'm looking forward to um in general in this podcast is I have somebody who I interact with on social media Um, looking to have him on at some point. Won't mention his name. I want to build some suspense with that. But somebody who I interact with on social media who is a former SU player, um, I consider him somebody that I look up to. We're about the same age. I think we actually are the same age. But I consider him... An idol of mine, the things that he's done in his lacrosse career and out of his lacrosse career, I'm just going to tell it out for you. It's Jovan Miller, Um, somebody who I absolutely respect. So I've been back and forth with Jovan a little bit, and we've kind of, I'm trying to just line up some timelines. He has told me we're just going to line it up and we're going to talk some lacrosse. Because I want to get his thoughts on the state of the program being a former player while also looking forward to the future of the program. You know, give him, he, I know he watched every game. I know he watched the games last year. We interacted a lot during the games last year. I want to get his thoughts going into this year. Kind of see where he's at. And kind of see what he, what he thinks this team can do and all that stuff kind of get it caught up on his life as well Uh, i know he's done a lot of things outside of the game so i want to kind of give everybody give everybody a a a sight into what he's done so i'm truly looking forward to that once again i'm trying to set up the date and get that all set up so i hope you'll enjoy the ride you know i hope you'll enjoy that interview when it happens um interview co-host show whatever you want to call it cuz I'm going to kind of interact with him a little bit but let him let him tell his story. He does he does host a podcast now called Give it Context. Uh give a shameless plug to that for him, honestly. It is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to because it discusses it discusses issues from a college athlete's standpoint a pro athlete standpoint as he has played in the pro game, he has played college. It discusses a lot of life things that people need to listen to that relate to sports, but it, he relates them back to life. He, he relates them anywhere he needs to. So I give him all the credit in the world for that. Once again, if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that. Uh, a shameless plug for him, as I always will, because like I said, I consider him an idol. I also consider him a friend. Given the discussions that we've had. So. If you want to reach out to me on social media. um, My social media. On Twitter and Instagram. Is QS1987. If you want to just discuss. Discuss any podcast that you listen to. I'm open to anything guys. So if you want to listen to anything. If you want to discuss anything that you listen to. Want some advice on how to produce horrible podcasts uh huh uh reach out to me you know we'll we'll talk, so like I said, my Twitter and Instagram is qs one nine eight seven but I want to thank everybody for listening once again if you could hit that subscribe and or follow button wherever you're listening to this, and also hit the share button. Cause you guys don't know how much the share means to me. It truly means the world once I see somebody post an Instagram story sharing somebody's podcast, promoting it. Whatever they do. Like that that helps people like me that do podcasts so much. More than you'll ever know. So I just wanna I wanna thank everybody for listening and uh go orange. Alright. Have a good day, people.